The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield's wrap up the first trading week of 2019. We're going to do so with Don Rose with U.S. Commodities. And one of the last times we're going to get to talk to you for a little bit until you get some good sell signal. I kind of wanted to jump in that first, Don, because everybody knows that you are really an expert when it comes to the happenings of South America. And, and you soon will be headed back south of the border and we'll be able to eventually get some good firsthand insight from you. Yeah, going to head back uh, south starting uh, next Friday. So we'll be uh, still, of course, uh, on the beat working, but get more of an idea on what's happening in South and Central America a little bit closer to the beat. So, yeah, it'll be uh, be interesting. Of course, last year I was down there uh, about, well, a little bit later than this, uh, uh, you know, Curry, uh, going through uh, Brazil, Argentina. So uh, a little bit earlier this time. It'll be great to get that information, especially as we have been doing some reading and and seeing that there is some weather concerns in these early harvests, especially when you look at Brazil. They've got some drier pockets, so I understand some rain was supposed to move in, but still very warm temperatures and dry concerns at a loom. Yeah, you know, I think where we're at in Brazil, and I think that is one that gave us a push to the upside, uh, adding some risk premium to the market, not only in Brazil, but in Argentina. And when you look at it in Brazil, uh, there's probably... Uh, somewhere in the area, 15% of the belt has been consistently dry. We got a little bit of patchwork, took it down to about 10%, and that's in the uh, central and the northeast. Then it looks like we're going to go back to a drier forecast where we're going to get up to about a third of the belt again dry. Now that's going to help some of the harvest in the far north where we're going to get where we're getting some early harvest but of course in the other development areas we're still in the the uh, area where we much need some uh, some moisture and some uh, temperatures that aren't that hot so i think what i'm saying is it's the wet weather in argentina it's the dry weather in the same belt in the northern uh, and central part of brazil that is uh, slashing some of the yield prospects on on beans and giving us a push to the upside well, and you look at the, at the numbers that have been coming in, many were, were nervous, especially since we haven't had a lot of, with the partial government shutdown, a lot of information about trade, where we might be sitting with China. Knowing that this bean harvest and, and the corn as well is just literally starting to come out of those fields and could put some extra pressure on the U.S. crops. Yeah, it could. In fact, actually what we've done is we've, we're past uh, our peak time where we usually export to uh, China. So that's a, bi- a bit of an issue. And when you uh, really look at it, uh, Brazil here so far, they've actually uh, sold about 15 million metric tons more than they did last year. Uh, so uh, they're, they've sold 80 tons uh, so so far uh, versus 67 million metric tons uh, last year of Brazil. Um, uh, and uh, 60 of the 82 million metric tons, 68 million metric tons went to uh, China. So you can see that's much like us, their big client is uh, China, and they've taken some of our business away from us. Now, some of it has been indirectly shipped through Argentina, but still, uh, there's no doubt we've lost some business. Well, we um, are waiting on, on information. Obviously, this partial government shutdown is not moving as forward as fast as many would like, and that's going to cause for some big effects when it comes to not only getting those weekly information and daily information that we've had, but it's put off that January 11th report to an indefinite date we don't know of yet. Yeah, in fact, actually, the government came out today and said that they put off the uh, report. 
the January 11th report until they can get a clearer uh, picture on when the uh, budget, the government opens up and the uh, people that are responsible for the report can get back to work and compile the data. So, um, you know, it's a little bit surprising in this information age that, you know, things can't flow a little bit faster, but it is what it is. And I think that's causing some uh, stutter in the market. A lot of times, Susan will add risk premium to the market because the trade feels comfortable that there's been some sales going on, uh, maybe even in corn, but on soybeans, and it's just a matter of how much. And so that uncertainty along with those negotiations uh, that are going to take place next week with China, along with the uh, weather in South America, along with technical buying and the lack of farmer selling here in the U.S. all combined to a push to the upside. So for that producer that, you know, usually sits and knows the importance of this January 11th report, how do you or what suggestions do you have for them when it comes to doing some marketing as they wait, just like everybody else, for those numbers to be released? Well, you know, I think what you have to look at is your, your own uh, situation. And we bubbled back up. We were just at the lower end of the trading range this uh, last week, the end of last week. And now we're bubbling back to the top. We're on almost a 40-cent rally back on uh, soybeans. You know, and we retraced, you know, about two-thirds of what we took off on the uh, corn to the downside. So look at it as a if you need to make some sales on this uh, adding risk premium, uh, make sure to uh, catch up sales if you need to. 390 on on March corn is very tough resistance. We closed at 383, and uh, 940 on March beans very tough resistance. And we closed at 921 and a half. So those are probably some catch up opportunities and change your ownership back to uh, some uh, some kind of option strategies. But you know, I will remind everybody that uh, you know after the the John Deere low, the February slump which we usually get into. Then it's time we're in South America coming at us with their crop. Then we start to worry about our crop again, and we usually have uh, more of a, a risk-on type of trade going into that uh, late March, April time frame. And acres, March 31st, are going to be a big deal. Are we looking at, because we got some decent weather right now in the upper Midwest, are we seeing maybe some more movement of grain because the weather is conducive to doing so at this point? Yeah, I think we are, uh, you know, but it's been more grain that's already been sold. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is grain that is going to, new new sales are going to move. You know, there's no doubt about it because it's just that kind of a, a year from a financial standpoint that, you know, people are going to, the deeper we go into the season, um, you know, the more more you're going to need uh, funds here, no doubt, with the expense of the crops. So, yeah, we think we'll see a pickup uh, as we go forward. Well, stick around, folks. We've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up as we look at this first trading week of 2019. We'll dive more into the grains, look at some livestock as well. Stick around. More's coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Don Rose joins us with U.S. Commodities. We look at the markets. I wanted to touch real quick, Don, um, before we look at the livestock side on this wheat market. You did talk about it a little bit at the beginning. Um, Lots of global concerns, but even here in the U.S., they're looking for some good uh, late emergence wheat cover from the recent snows we've had. Yeah, you know, I think when you look at the wheat market, it's been one that obviously has been a disappointment because, you know, the world wheat stocks uh, are really not that excessive, um, you know, very similar to the corn market, although corn's had a better lift. We've had uh, weather issues in uh, Europe. Remember, they had a drought. 
and then uh, Argentina, uh, they recently have been uh, wet and their yield loss and quality loss. Australia, same thing. They had a drought. Um, and then probably uh, Russia, their crop uh, somewhere is 14, 15 million metric tons less than, um, than a year ago. But Russia's just continued to sell wheat uh, out of their reserve and keeping a lid on the wheat market. So uh, while the wheat stocks on exporters are tight, the market has yet to perform, but you're back at the bottom end of the range. And by the way, we think with the uh, weather conditions that we have wet, uh, I know we won't get a uh, winter wheat planting estimate here yet um, because of the January 11th report delay, but that the wheat probably didn't all get planted in the winter wheat areas. Which doesn't come as a surprise as we saw how late this harvest went in the Midwest. Yeah, you know, that's exactly right. And uh, so the balance table probably next year, Susan, has a chance to tighten up a little bit more here and uh, probably in the world also. So, um, you know, it seems like there's a nice bid underneath the market on wheat, particularly when you get close to $5 on nearby wheat. Let's jump over now to the livestock side. Cattle finished off 2018 with some big struggles. We finish out the first trading week of 2019 and the same thing, some triple digit losses and, and struggles ahead. Yeah, you know, the cattle market, there was an awful lot of optimism on cattle coming into uh, the beginning of this week. We had the storm. You know, cattle have been consistently set back in a number of areas. So, um, you know, the feeling was that uh, the rate of gains were going to be hurt, the efficiency is going to be hurt, tonnage off the market. We're going to see some support. There's optimism that cash cattle were going to trade quickly to 125 to 127. Well, this week we traded uh, basically unchanged with last week, uh, just under 123 for an average. And I think it really goes to the point that uh, the market really, um, with the big supplies and all these meats, just anchored here. Uh, for right now because you have more poultry, more pork, and more beef than a year ago, and somehow we have to digest that. What are we going to see with this with this cattle market? I know with the way the stock market's been trading, folks are worried about money in that retirement. Do you think we might see a little bit of a pullback at the meat counter? Well, you know, what we think is the Packers had this unbelievable run on uh, profitability actually for month after month going into the early summer. So he's had big margins to work with. Those are starting to shrink a little bit here, but it's really down, uh, Susan, to the uh, consumer. We consume 90% of our beef domestically, and so so goes the uh, domestic consumption, so goes the uh, the market, and that's the concern, uh, along with our supplies being up 2 to 3% uh, next year. So I guess where we're at is we think when you get these uh, cattle, uh, you know, April up around that 127 they're fully fully valued for the fundamentals that we have and you're at risk management so another uh, if we bounce back two to three dollars certainly uh, those are risk management opportunities and fully valued market unless something unusual happens looking at the hogs nice to be able to say the word optimism in the same sentence you know the hog market is one of those that you know the trade has just been so fired up so enthused that we were going to have all this chinese buying uh, coming at us maybe not directly to us but in the world because uh, just reminding you that uh, china is just a huge uh, uh, pork uh, producer uh, for example the united states has about 74 million head of hogs China has 700 million hogs, so uh, and if they lose a percentage of the hogs, the, the feeling is that that's such a key staple to the Chinese that they're going to be in the world market uh, aggressively for pork. So um, 
poor close again today just because of the premiums in the futures market. We're still running about uh, $9 higher than normal on the summer months versus the average, and that's the problem why we can't get going until the cash firms up. Any uh, final thoughts on the next week being the first full week uh, of trading in 2019, grain or livestock, some things that our listeners need to kind of keep in their back of their minds? Well, I think the dominant thing we're going to look at uh, Sunday night is, uh, you know, what's happened to the weather in South America. Then I think we're going to quickly look at uh, Monday. And now remember, the negotiations will be going on Sunday because they're 11 hours uh, ahead of us over in China. So uh, keep that in mind. So you'll see some uh, trade reaction probably uh, to uh, Sunday uh, night late as far as what's going on with the negotiations. And then we'll keep a close eye on that through next week. Uh, so uh, then on what happens with our economy here in the U.S. So I think that's kind of how it's going to shape up next week. It does feel like as the uh, equities are shaking around, there's as an interest in the funds buying the grain market. All right. Sounds good. Best way for folks to get a hold of everybody there at U.S. Commodities. Yeah, you bet. Yep. Can reach us, Susan, at U.S. Commodities at 1-800-247-4071. Well, safe travels, and we look forward to hearing uh, from you when you're in South America. Hey, that sounds good. That's the Pontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.